1: well you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds what could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds let odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs advertise with odyssey visit ads.odyssey.com
2: guidance is internal ignition sequence starts five four three two one zero all engine running Lift off. we have a liftoff
1: permission to board
2: please permission to come aboard permission to board permission to board do i have some permission to board that sweet mother ship
1: this is the permission granted podcast here's da welcome inside the pgp everybody the permission granted podcast the show about the show the show within the show we thank you for being part of the da show and it's pgp today now, it's available all places that the normal DA show podcast is, and it's normal, and it's also on its own podcast feed as well. Just search permission granted if you get the DA show live and want to hear the PGP on its own podcast feed. Now, I'm the only full time employee with the DA show in this week. Mraz is off, Pete the Body is off, Cap is off, and Bogish is off. And I've talked about this before. My whole idea has always been I like working during the holiday week. Give me December. I got nothing else going on in my life. I mean, yeah, there's the holidays, but I could do shopping around work. I could do travel around work for the most part, although I did have to take off last Friday to go to the in-laws up in Rhode Island. But for the most part, you know, these are cold, wintry, dark days. You know what? Just, Just give me work. This is what I like doing. And I love this time of year. There's a million things to talk about football related. There's all the bowl games. There's the college football playoff on Friday. There's the NFL postseason beginning July 18th. I could take off, and I could feel fine about it. But today I want to be here. So that's why I'm in. That's why I take those summer Fridays, but I'm in this week, but everybody else is out, which has opened up the door. For this entire building to be full of part-timers, I mean, I think every show on CBS Sports Radio this week, at least one of the five shows per week, one of the five shows that each show has on the weekday, has at least one, if not two, or three or more replacement hosts or producers, et cetera. So it has opened up an opportunity for the DA show to have fresh faces, fresh voices in here. And... We've had Erica Herskowitz in as an update anchor and Marco Belletti this week. We've had Kevin Wall on the wheels of steel, and we've had Pat Boyle as our executive producer. And Pat's going to be with us for most of this week up until Friday. So he's in for Mraz this week, and and Pat joins me here on the PGP. So, Pat, two days in, we're doing this after Tuesday's show. How you feeling in this co-pilot chair?
0: I'm feeling good. good. I like it. I appreciate you having me on the PGP. I feel like I'm getting the uh the call up to the big leagues here. This is special.
1: Yeah, look, dog days of summer, you know, you never know when you're going to be needed. Get thrust in there. Mirage, the starter is out. You know, you just got to play. He woke up with a hangover. You got to come <laughs> out and play during the day game. Yeah, exactly. All right, the uh he's in, you know, not COVID
0: protocol, but he's in just a day off. He's, he's load managing, if you will. So he's load managing, so happy to fill in. It's It's been fun here. You know We're doing this on Tuesday. I feel like we had two great shows so far, so we're halfway through. And by the way, that is a, a power move by you doing the summer Fridays, so you get the three-day weekends, and then, like you said, you get to talk football here. Most people take off the Christmas week, New Year's. That's like one of the biggest sports weeks in the calendar. Totally. You got all the bowl games. You've got Late season NFL leading into the playoffs. And most people, they 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 you know they blow through their vacay days in the summer. They take like one week at a time, two weeks at a time. I think what you've done is revolutionary. Revolutionary, Ethan. I don't know. I don't think I've ever heard of anybody else in radio taking summer Fridays so that you get a three-day weekend every week rather than just blowing all through it in one or two weeks straight.
1: So this started... Probably back when I was working at one of my first jobs and I realized, ooh, this week between Christmas and New Year, the bosses aren't in, salespeople aren't around, and so it's kind of like a free-for-all anyway. It's kind of like going to work half, it's like part-time work because you've got no meeting set up, nobody does anything. When you're in local radio and the sales team needs to go meet this, you know, client or tape this spot or whatever, there's none of that. It's a skeleton crew around, so you feel like you own the whole office anyway. And it's kind of like a it's a free week of work. and i'm there's some people that love hanging around the house and watching TV all day. Like Meraz, I'm sure could watch twelve hours of TV every single day <laughs> in his sweatpants, just eat and not move. And I'm not wired that way. I just I'm not sitting in the house forever. Some people love that a cold day, bowl of chili, some soup, you know, and just watch TV all day. I just, I've never been wired like that. I like doing things. So, during the winter this week, things are closed. They're closed up early. There's nobody out doing anything. And I'm like, eh, let me work. But also, the bigger point is, man, you you know, you, you show up to work on May the 5th, and you're like, okay, what are we doing today? Yeah. You know, there's, it's like, you're not talking baseball. You might be in the middle of the NBA playoffs, perhaps. But, like, okay, let's get after the NBA playoffs. July 8th. July 26th okay training camps are rolling around but like you got to concoct four hours of a show today there's just not enough time in our show to do everything we would want to do this whole week is gonna be like that so it makes life pretty easy
0: yeah yeah you're right and again you know you could test some things in the summer when it is it's a Friday in July you could you could you know work out some new things you want to do maybe try some new segments but you're right just getting content. Five days a week. Oh yeah, for four hours. I I can't imagine how tough that is.
1: Try to stir up four hours of a, a morning radio show in the middle of baseball season, and it's you know it's uh, you got to get creative. So yeah, this this week is great, and um, we also added a new segment today called oh, Boyle Rules. Last name Pat Boyle. You're you're always simmering on some hot take. Yeah, and so I thought, why don't we open up the door and and let you let you riff here, and so you. You went after the Saints front office today. If they don't go out and get Russell Wilson. O'Doyle rules. All right, Pat Boyle. What are you steaming up? O'Doyle
0: rules. I got to take aim after watching that slop fest of a Monday night football game last night. It is obviously clear. It's something we've talked about before, the Russell Wilson rumors. If the New Orleans Saints don't find a way to trade for Russell Wilson... Mickey Loomis and Kai Harley, the VP of football, who have done a tremendous job over the last 10 years. If they don't bring Russell Wilson into New Orleans, they are dooming this franchise and they both should be fired. I mean, there is literally, couldn't make up a more perfect scenario to get Russell Wilson to New Orleans. I know the Saints are in cap hell, but they have found a way, Loomis and Harley, they have found a way to restructure contracts, give out bonuses at the end of contracts, the way they got out of Breeze's money and his contract after he retired. It's been brilliant. They have to bring in Russell Wilson because watching Ian Book, who I'm a Notre Dame guy, weighing over his head. Watching Trevor Simeon, who sucks. Watching Taysom Hill, who sucks. And watching Jameis Winston, the fact that Jameis Winston, who's a mediocre quarterback, got them to five and two is a miracle. This team will win the Super Bowl if Russell Wilson is the quarterback next year. They've got the defense. They've got the offensive line. Well, how are they gonna do it? Da, you trade for him.
1: Russell Wilson wants to choose where he wants to go. So how are you going to convince Russell Wilson that New Orleans is the place for you? That's
0: fine. His agent has already leaked the New Orleans in two separate reports. It was before last season when Chicago tried to give up three first-rounders for him. And then it was again just a couple of weeks ago when somebody leaked the New York Giants and Denver Broncos in that situation as if Russell Wilson wants to play for Vic Fangio or Joe Judge. (laughs) You put him under Sean Payton, it's a Super Bowl-winning team. I rest my case. Okay. Oh, Boyle rules! Are you a Saints fan in any way? No. No, I'm actually a Browns fan.
1: Oh, right. You told me that.
0: Yeah. So, point of contention here for myself, watching them kind of crumble before my very own eyes after watching them, you know, slog away in mediocrity for the better part of a decade and a half, and then you finally get the breakthrough when they fire Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley midseason. Freddie Kitchens you know, pulls a, a magic act and gets them to have a pretty great season. Baker sets the record for rookie touchdowns by a quarterback. And it's like, all right, the Browns are finally here. And then we all know what happened next year. Terrible. They fire kitchens and you're like, all right, one step forward, two steps back. And then they bring in Stefanski and they have another great season. They get to the playoffs. They beat Pittsburgh. They had a chance to beat Kansas City. And I'm thinking going into the season, there's no way that they they slip up again and now with all the injuries and they've been crushed by COVID and all the other things, it's looking like it's once again one step forward, two steps back for the Browns. So, yeah, no, I'm a Browns fan, but I just – like when I, when I see this all, all this stuff about Russell Wilson and I see New Orleans going – moving on from Drew Brees, uh, Jameis Winston, in my opinion, is never going to be a successful quarterback in terms of winning playoff games and being a guy that can get you to a Super Bowl. Russell Wilson has proved that he can – and I just think New Orleans ha- New Orleans has the perfect pieces in place: great offensive line, great defense, great head coach, Super Bowl winning head coach, great stadium, great community. It just to me, it's it's I, I don't think there's ever been like a more perfect destination for a player leaving one place to go to another than Russell Wilson in New Orleans. And I-, I hope they I
1: hope they can pull it off. How about Sean Payton potentially? If that was the case, coaching Drew Brees and then Russell Wilson be pretty nice to. Because then you have Russell Wilson probably for another six or seven years where you can win Super Bowls with him. Yeah. Be a nice run. So on the show, we were talking about the open bathroom floor plan that is happening here. I don't know if this is happening because it's uh, Christmas week, but they've knocked down all the dividing walls in the bathroom so that there's just a urinal and two open toilets. And you could still use that bathroom. The door is open, but, like, there's no separation, <laughs> So, luckily this week, we won't have to deal with it probably because we have two other bathrooms. There's nobody really here this week. But, you know, if this was full staffing post-COVID, pre-COVID next week, and we had sales guys, you know, and you had executives and this staff and that staff, I mean, sometimes you can't find a free urinal around here in the middle of the day. All right? What would happen if if we had staffers using open floor plan of the bathroom? It would be chaos. I mean... I don't know if you could
0: run into any legal issues with that i'm sure if somebody complained <laughs> vehemently enough you could and i by the way when i saw you post that yesterday on twitter i was like half awake like it was mid-afternoon i ended up falling asleep and i was like where did he take this and i was like wait a minute that's the bathroom <laughs> Yes, yeah, so right you didn't out. even see it no no i i still haven't seen it i gotta go check it out honestly once we're done recording this because it blew my mind it, it looks like it's straight out of a prison <laughs> it, does.
1: <laughs> it does it does now you dropped a, when I poop, quote, three times during the show today. I counted them. I didn't know how long you were to go, and then I finally had to wave you off. Like, you had to put the kibosh on Yeah, that. D- d- I don't know if we, how often we can say that, so.
0: I could never bring myself to take a poop in an open floor plan. I couldn't do it. I mean, you want to make yourself as mentally tough as possible <laughs> for somebody to sit down, take a poop in an open floor plan. I hate taking a poop okay. in a regular
1: You can stop saying that.
0: I hate going to the bathroom Thank you. in a regular stall and having somebody walk in.
1: Had Pete the body been on the board and not Kevin Wall, he I would have w- dumped me. I wonder if he would have dumped you. Pete seems like he is dump happy. <laughs> not to continue with
0: the pooping expressions, uh-huh. but it seems like he wants to hit that dump at the slightest <laughs> bit of adversity. He likes to play safe that Pete. Yeah, he does. Yeah. I'm a I'm a free gunslinger, you know me. Yeah, so. you
1: are a gunslinger. <laughs> you, you shoot from the hip.
0: So, and also too cuz I spend most of the time at the fan where it's pretty much
1: no holds barred. Really, they don't dump anything.
0: No. No, and you can like you can say a curse word. Like you could say the the letter F for the F word and it's like it's, you know, totally fine. Right. You can say bleep instead of a curse word. You can basically talk about anything you want you know body parts vile stuff i've never heard really anything get dumped on the fan by the by the host you know what the host says things so i know it's a bit more tightened up on the network cuz it's national radio you got to deal the, with all the affiliates exactly
1: not just your own
0: so yeah i guess uh i'm used to being you know where things are more lax at the fan i guess i got to tighten it up a little bit when we're talking on the network
1: so, you have two interesting stories from your fan beginnings. Number one, when you slept in Boomer Asayson's office and drank his beer. Now, how did that come about? You were an intern? No. So they, I think they've
0: done away with interns, oh, or at yeah, least, you're right. well, at least temporarily. Because when, when COVID hit, hit, it paid. doesn't make sense. Yeah. But yeah, and I, I don't know how much you can get away with hiring unpaid interns anymore. Right. So no, I was part time. I think just like anybody else now that gets hired, you're part-time, you're an employee of Odyssey, all that stuff. You just don't get the full full-time, you know, benefits and whatnot.
1: Right.
0: So, yeah, that was pretty early on though. That was I started working here June of 2019. That was December of 2019. So, that was 6 months in. 6 months in. Still pretty wet behind the ears. Uh-huh. And I also do some play-by-play for LIU in Brooklyn, Long Island University. Yes. So, that weekend, you know, and that was during the holidays. It was the first week of December, so all the part-timers are, you know, like like we're doing here right now this week and i had to work the overnight at the fan into you know 6 into 6 a.m. friday morning i then had a i think i had a LIU broadcast i think they had the women's basketball team playing friday night they had the men's basketball team playing saturday So I had the overnight at the fan until 6 a.m., then an LIU basketball broadcast, then had to come back and work the overnight again at the fan into 6 Uh a.m., and then had another LIU basketball broadcast at 2 p.m. So I figured at the time I was still living at home with my parents, Central Jersey, South Plainfield. It's like an hour drive from here. I figured, well, why am I going to drive back, get to my parents' house at 7 a.m., wake up at 11 a.m., drive all the way back to Brooklyn. I'll just stay over at the fan. And then just make this short 20-minute drive. So I was... And I had and I had done that before. Like, I had done that Thanksgiving week. It was like two weeks earlier. And I slept on, like, one of the couches in the sales office. This time I walk into the sales office and Boomer's office is wide open. The door's wide open. He's got a
1: nice big office.
0: Nice too. big office. And I just, you know, peeked my head in. I was like, oh, pretty nice. One thing led to another. The wheels start turning. I was like... <laughs> I mean, this couch looks pretty comfortable. beats, you know, I had to like basically set up the two chairs, put my legs on them in the sales office just to somewhat get some hours of sleep. So I laid on Boomer's couch. It's a full-size couch? Yeah. Yeah, pretty comfortable. I'm 5'11". I fit pretty comfortably on it. So I wake up in the morning and I notice he's got a a fridge, you know, mini fridge, beers and whatnot. Now here's, I'm going to do a little myth busting. Never drank a beer. Oh. Never took anything out of his fridge never touched any of his belongings. Even I know that that would be totally offensive and, and out of line. Right. So I did not drink a beer. That's that's a, you know, for anybody listening, that is a, a little-known myth. When every time Gio brings it up and, and, you know, busts my chops about it, he goes, yeah, you know, Pat Boyle drank Boomer's beer, just totally disrespected him. It's, it's the running joke. But after that, when I'm leaving, I'm like, you know, I've never even spoken to Boomer. It would probably be pretty nice if he knew who I was. So I wrote a note, I wrote a letter and basically said, talk about, you know, I wanted to be funny because I thought out of this, if I write him a note, and the next time I'm working the overnight, if I see him, he always walks through it like, you know, right before their morning shows, if I'm getting done the overnight, I get to see him on the crossover. And I figured if nothing else, I write a funny note and I say, Hey Boomer, I'm, I'm Pat. I wrote the note in your, uh, in your office. Maybe he like punches me in the arm. He goes, ah, he goes, you, you know, you bastard, something like that. And at least he knows who I am. That's all I thought was going to happen, so I wrote him a note, and at the end, I wrote, "Nice bleeping choice on the Guinness." And the next thing I know, Tuesday morning at 8 a.m, my phone starts blowing up <laughs> from a bunch of my friends. They're talking about you on the fan, and I was, and I just went, "Oh, crap."
1: And so, do you think Boomer's cool with it, or was Boomer originally a little bit offended by it?:
0: I think he was originally offended. And, they, and, you know, it turned into like a whole 45-minute segment on the fan where I was basically – and then I had to call in because, you know, they're trashing me. They, they're like, look at his Twitter picture. He looks like a douche. All this and that. So I was like, all right, you know, I never intended for this to happen because then you have people think, oh, yeah, it was just your ploy to get on, get some airtime No. I promise. That was never the case. I literally just wanted to try to get Boomer to notice me, as sad as that is. So then all of a I'm like, all right, well, I can't just sit back here and – Listen to them destroy me on air. I got to at least defend myself. One, say I didn't touch a beer. Two, just say the door was wide open. I, You know, never meant to offend anybody. Uh, But, yeah, no, I think Boomer was definitely a little pissed at first. But
1: then it's played into this kind of bad boy image, right? I mean, because then you were filling in, doing a shift on the fan at one point in time, and they did a kind of a trailer... As, yeah. a, uh, as a pregame hype video, and it was you, slow motion, yeah. walking in, <laughs> heavy music. So it established a bit of a bad boy, edgy reputation for you, although I don't know if that really fits. Yeah, I mean, you know, with that too, that was like,
0: you know, dream come true, as cliche and corny as it sounds, there was a, a you know a handful of guys um, and women that have gotten some opportunities here lately that haven't gotten a whole lot of airtime before that. So I was like, all right, well, any career, any entertainment industry, you got to find a way to stand out, right? And at the at the expense of maybe people thinking you're outlandish or whatnot. So I was like, all right, well, let me just, I, I know a friend I went to school with that is like a genius with, you know, video editing software and he does it for a living and he's got his own company. Oh, so like, you had him do it. Yeah. I thought somebody in-house did it. No, no, I set that up. Nice. so i asked him i was like hey like i'm i'm doing my first show at the fan like i kind of want to put out like a little hype video for it would you mind like directing it he goes yeah sure so we did that and then i i put it out so yeah i mean that whatever image i guess was conjured definitely <laughs> added to that for for better or worse but you're a softie yeah i mean
1: i guess you like to give off a vibe of of being a hard ass, but I mean, <laughs> are you really? Um,
0: Not really. No, I think most people, you you have to, especially in this cutthroat industry, you got to build up a, a hard exterior. True. Because you don't want people to take advantage of you. You don't
1: want to be manipulated. Or you don't, don't want to be, yeah, walked on or ignored. Yeah, basically. exactly. You don't want to be ignored. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. No, absolutely. So, yeah.
0: I mean, you got to give off an image of who you want to be perceived as. When people get to know you. you and you spend, you know, countless times over like the holidays, like we said, with people who you don't normally see guys in the morning here, yourself included. Yeah. That that kind of, you know, you break down that hard exterior.
1: So this week we've been doing the, the look backs and a couple of my favorite conversations with Sunday morning football guests. We did day one, Charles Haley, who's a crazy person. Well, he was a crazy guy on the football field. Now he's a very mild-mannered, thoughtful, really cool guy. And then we had Joe Namath as well, and so we'll be doing a little bit of that each and every morning. We've got the Brouhaha going on. Where we're picking bowl games. We've got Trash Tuesday, which happened today. O'Boyle Rules also happened today. I think we're going to actually have to bring back some of the Winthrop drops as well because people were unhappy that the Winthrop drops didn't get the – their run, their due run during the 12 days of Christmas. So there's a lot of things to juggle as you produce this show. Have you felt like it's more than a normal show to try to handle, or have you done it pretty easily now going into this? Because you've you've filled in for this show before.
0: Yeah, mostly running the board for Pete, which even then, you know, uh, there is a lot of segments. There's a lot of things that you guys do. Uh, it's definitely a challenge. You know, when David Marinick like, asked me to start filling in when you guys need, um, I was like, yeah, how easy can it be? Especially because, again, spending a lot of the, uh, my time at the fan, it's mostly just talk and talk with the callers and interact with the callers. You know, network, you know, you have to rely more on relying on the show itself, the pre-produced segment, stuff like that. So, yeah, was once I first started working with you guys and Pete's like, all right, you have to do this, Trash Tuesday, you have to have all the liners. You have to have the bed ready. You got to have the reeds beforehand. You got to get all this stuff. I was like, oh, wow. All right, this is a bit of a challenge. Yeah. And then producing it, too, it's its own animal like Miraz does. The The hardest thing for me is cutting up the epic fail. Because that's the last segment of the show. But you also have to pull the hours and get the show ready to be podcasted, answer any calls that come in, and, and also do social media. And then... And also be listening to the show. And also also be listening to the show and interact when needed. And then at the same time, you've got to get the funniest moment from the show. And I I try to make it as funny as possible. I'm sure over time it becomes easier and more seamless. But, you know, I'm trying to grab clip by clip. Like, for example, we did Kevin Wall today, Trashing Bon Jovi. So I'm trying to grab grab a clip from the show itself and then grab drops and insert them. That's tough. The
2: New England Patriots fanboy, John Bon Jovi. Uh, Jersey boy, <laughs> Jersey boy, yeah. New York Giant yeah. fan. Uh, you know, I remember him on Super Bowl twenty-five. You know, on the sideline with Parcells. I remember wearing the hat. I remember him in the Kerry Collins Jim Fossil mm. era. It's a hundred years ago. You're talking about things have changed. Well, and he posted this photo of himself. It's a picture of him in a New England Patriots hat. And this is his caption: "Da quote, been a fan from the beginning. Oh boy, go Patriots. Oh. Are you kidding me?" This man and I love John Bon Jovi. You know, Pat and I were friends. You know, outside of work, so he knows how much I love Bon Jovi. Uh-huh. Anyone who knows me knows how how much I love that band. Oh, like John Bon Jovi is the biggest fraud when it comes to his <laughs> sports fandom. You don't jump ship. <laughs> Boom, pop goes the weasel. Stupid little dum dumb boy. You stick with your team no matter what. And I know the Giants are a bleacher right now. And Mraz will agree with me.
1: I have immense respect for the Mara and Tish families.
2: I want good football, DA. I want good football. You stick with your team no matter what. John Bon Jovi, great singer, great fan, great artist, in the Hall of Fame for a reason. But he is a fraud <laughs> when it comes to a sports fan. And
1: I have faith watching Daniel Jones.
2: So John Bon Jovi, I am trashing you.
1: That's garbage <laughs> and we're not talking about the band. I've never
0: seen Kevin Wall that upset. And uh, yeah, I mean, for the first timers working on the show, it's definitely a challenge. Um, and it's all four hours you're not really resting like you're doing something the entire time. So no, but it's a challenge that I love because I you know I love working on the show and I think it's four hours of, of entertainment um, and it's a lot of
1: fun. I, I always abide by the rule of no wasted segments. I want every segment to have a purpose, every segment to have a take or an angle, a focus, a bit, something. And I think that might... That's a little bit different than some other shows, because certainly on the fan, you know, the idea is when you're working in local radio in a market as huge as New York, let's just say the Yankees, you know, blow a lead in the ninth inning. you The whole show is just... Yeah. you you open it up with your take on the Yankees blowing it, and then you wait for phone calls and react the entire night. Yeah. And, you know, a day like today on WFAN in New York, it's probably, is it right to bring back Joe Judge, or does he need to be canned? Did Zach Wilson show enough on Sunday? You know, yada, yada, yada. But when you do with a network level, you can't just have one topic that carries the show because you're talking to 200 affiliates and – 50 different states and all different types of fan bases. So that's the thing. It, it flips from you open up the phones and you open up the the mic and you just fill to what's the next segment? What's the next segment? How is this produced? What's the take? What's the angle? And it's I'm usually more type A and highly organized at some point, probably to my own detriment, than some hosts. But I think that's probably the biggest adjustment when you – when you work on our show or probably the network level on some other shows.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. And you you'll be dead in the water if you aren't completely or I mean you said to a detriment, but you I'm somebody that likes to be super organized as well. If you're not organized and ready to go for 4 hours no matter what, like you're going to you're going to find yourself scratching and clawing at some point. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's for sure. Yeah, so We've well, seen that happen a few times with some <laughs> So,
0: yes, so I give you, no, I, I mean, I give you a lot of credit, especially five days a week too. you know, filling in once, you know, if you're doing on the weekends or, you know, you got a shorter show, it's, it's a little bit easier and, you know, you can kind of hit on the main stuff, but I know especially too with your show, there's a lot of, you know, intricate markets too, that, uh, that deserve attention and, and college football is, is huge all across the country, but especially in the South where a lot of the callers come from a lot of the fan base, the Midwest, you know the straight midwest and you've got like north midwest like boise's obviously a huge fan base Uh, so you've got to you got to pay attention to all those places you got to know what's going on all around the country you got to know what's going on in those specific places as well and you really got to hit on you know again you can get by with college football in the nfl but especially like you said in the summer you also got to know baseball you got to know all the sports so it's it's definitely a definitely a challenge
1: today we got a a caller or a a uh, listener that said that his five-year-old son was wondering where Moraz was, didn't hear his voice, and called Moraz the big man baby, <laughs> no angry man baby, angry man, angry man baby. Man baby. RN tweet some trashy Moraz because on my way to taking my five-year-old to daycare, he asked, "Where's the angry baby man?" Even he knows that Moraz is a little man. Hashtag Trash Tuesday. Hold your nose. That's some smelly rubbish. Angry baby man. That's now Mraz's nickname. Where's the angry baby man? That's perfect. You know, sometimes kids see through things with such clarity that adults don't, and that's what RN's five-year-old is saying. What's a better descriptor of Mraz than an angry baby man? And from a five-year-old's perspective that's actually incredibly poignant yeah it's it's really the most efficient way to describe morass that he's an (laughs) angry man baby sometimes he's a fun man baby sometimes he's a sappy man baby but other times he's screaming about something and he's an angry man baby don't Mm -hmm. you think yeah no absolutely that
0: is that kid's got a bright future really to come up with those words on the spot angry man baby (laughs) I wonder I, if he's seen Meraz to know that he
1: looks a bit like a baby.
0: Yeah, because w- when you when you see what Meraz looks like, I mean, it makes it even all, all the more
1: true. Because <laughs> he's got no hair, and he's got the pinkish cheeks, and he's got kind of a, bi- a baby's, you know, physique. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so angry man, baby. I wonder if that kid... Has seen Mraz, or he, or does Mraz sound like a, a man baby? Like, you know, maybe because he uses incorrect English, although a five-year-old couldn't know all of the things that he gets wrong.
0: Yeah, I think it's when Mraz gets angry and the voice, the pitch of his voice yeah. goes up. Yeah. It, it sounds like it could be coming from a child. <laughs> <laughs> I do got to ask you a question, though, really quickly. I don't know how much you want to divulge, and I'm sure you've gotten asked this before. Does Mraz ever actually get sensitive
1: when people make fun of him okay so Moraz's innate superpower is not being offended and being completely honest this is definitely to his own fault yeah if you ask him any question you can catch him in the truth Like, he lies, of course, but you just got to keep asking him questions, and eventually he breaks. (laughs) He just, he's not manipulative. He doesn't know how to manipulate, and he doesn't know how to deflect either. Like, he's really bad at those things. So, if you just, basically, if you ask the right questions, you get the most honest truth that most people cannot admit. So, in that way, like, he's self-deprecating, he's honest to a fault, what you see is what you get. So I don't know if he's ever been sensitive. I do think there's some things that might dance around a sensitivity, but that he covers them up with like 12 other things. Like I think the F word does make him a little uncomfortable, just saying fat. And like I could say fat and he probably wouldn't be offended. If I said fat four times, it might be offended. If I said fat 10 times and I said you're fat and I said it in an angry way, that might be... At something, yeah. he, it was like that's too much. You know, sometimes you'll hear him say that, but I can't believe it. He's the only guy I know that really can't be offended by anything you say about
0: him. Yeah, and and that's that's what he gives off. It's and it's brilliant.
1: Imagine finding somebody in life where you could say you're fat, you're stupid, you're lazy, and it's like, All right. yeah, it just doesn't even hit. And you could say it over and over, and everybody could say it, and you could be it. And it wouldn't matter. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's, this is an incredible compliment to Meraz. Imagine everybody at work said you're lazy and everybody at home said you're lazy and everybody that you kind of knew or didn't know, listeners said you were lazy. That was your reputation. And it didn't matter. Yeah. And you still didn't work hard. That's amazing. (laughs) It really is. That I mean, in, in his mind, his scale is, I do work hard, so who cares? Mm. But in everybody else's scale, it's like, no, that's not working hard. But it just doesn't stick. I, I find that so amazing. I, I just I can't believe there's somebody like that.
0: <laughs> I think the fact that he can laugh at himself no matter what, even when people do. Attack him like the tweeters and Trash Tuesday. It, it's usually mostly people trashing Morass, like yeah. it was today. I just <laughs> think that he's like you, the, the the feeling of you can't get to him. Yeah. And it kind of gives him a power over everybody else.
1: Can't defeat him. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't even know if he thinks about it strategically. It's just that that's how he's wired, that's how he's built. Yeah. It's just nothing you can say that really sticks. <laughs> <laughs> like, imagine somebody cut up seven minutes of the year of the buffoon. Just all of the idiotic things you said all year long. Just, that's what we do every year. It doesn't stop him from talking. No. It doesn't stop him from from openly guessing about things wildly incorrectly. All of his idiocies are caught on film. Like, if if somebody did that, you'd be like, well, I'm not going to say any more stupid things. I'm going to be really you know, tightened by the book. And he just sprints right (laughs) through it. He just (laughs)
0: keeps... (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah so next week actually year of the buffoon that's a good uh, reminder tuesday is the year of the buffoon montage can't wait to hear this so that would be january 4th yeah the first is saturday sunday tooth yeah january 4th okay well pat boyle uh, good side a we'll see you tomorrow for wednesday morning show yes sir appreciate you man All right, time for side B of the PGP. And in for Pete the Body this week is Diaper Alien, Kevin Wall. And uh, K Wall, you've actually worked on the show for a couple of years, right? When did you start at the network?
2: I started in May 2018. So I graduated. Yeah, so I graduated on May 13th of 18, Mother's Day, the 15th I began. So I got very lucky because I was interning in New York City with uh, Sports Grid. And I got the interview, uh, interviewed with Marinick in February. Got the job in April, and I was ready to begin uh, right off the bat. Oh, man. So where'd you graduate from? Springfield College,
1: Massachusetts. Boy, so just a couple of days after you graduated, you already started over here.
2: It was good. You know, that final month of college was the best because I didn't do anything. (laughs) Because you knew I did a job lined up? I knew I had a job lined up. You know, finals, it was what it was. You know, it was starting to get nice out springtime. I was sitting on the green drinking beer. It was a good time. Nice. So you had
1: brought something up today. I didn't realize you did ROTC.
2: I've been there though, uh, you know. I used to do ROTC in high school, and we did. Um, I did a trip at Paris Island. and I competed at Camp Pendleton in San Diego. You know, it, it's the real thing. O- open, uh, open toilets, open showers. It's it's the real deal. When you got to go, you got to go and suck it up.
1: In ROTC training. You go into one big room and there's a bunch of toilets and there's no walls.
2: When, when you're at camp or at um, Camp Pendleton or if you're at Paris Island, which I, you know I've been lucky enough to uh, be there a, a week at each time, yeah, it, it's nothing. You know, it's uh, when you gotta go, you gotta go.
1: And so you were able to steal yourself. You were able to be confident enough. To have to go to the bathroom and do it in the middle of a crowd.
2: If you had no confidence, you left with a ton of confidence. But also at the same time, I waited till 3 o'clock in the morning when everyone was asleep to do my (laughs) business. (laughs) Sneaking away in the night. Sneaking away.
0: To drop something off.
1: If you enter with a lack of confidence, you leave with a ton of confidence. That's a good week of ROTC training right there.
0: That's a great calendar quote, too. Make a plaque out of that. Exit with no confidence, leave with supreme confidence.
2: <laughs> right, you correct, yeah. So I did junior ROTC at Colts Neck High School in, uh, in New Jersey. Colts yeah. uh, Neck High School's ROTC program was actually number one, uh, not just in New Jersey, but in the country. Really? Yeah, not once but twice in the, in the past couple years. So I was very lucky. You know, it was a great program. I didn't have any interest, you know. I, I did at first have some interest in maybe enlisting in into uh, the Navy before going to college. So I had my options, and then that's my senior year. So it was President's Day weekend. That weekend, I went to go see – I went up to New England. I saw Springfield College. I fell in love with it immediately. I'm like, all right, well, let's see what I can do. Because the next day, we were taking a a field trip to Paris Island, South Carolina, and I got the whole experience – of what boot camp is like with, with the Marines. Through the ROTC. Through the ROTC program. So it wasn't, you know, I didn't get, like, the full-blown boot camp, ex- but I got a taste of it. Yeah. And, like, we stayed in the barracks. Uh, we did, you know, PT, waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning. Got, you know, got that experience. I knew that night that I was going to college. I had no interest. It was too intense. Uh, too intense, um, and I knew it wasn't for me. I knew it wasn't for me. So I was flirting with the idea at the time, and then, like, that day, I'm like, all right, let's just get through this week. And uh it's stu- you know, it sucked in the beginning, night one because you're scared, you know. Um the drone instructor, he he's in your face for the most part. You you're not used to it, especially when you're seventeen years old. And I knew right there and then I'm gonna go to college, I'm gonna go to school for broadcast journalism. And that's where my journey began, you know. I did the four years at Springfield and found my way here. Well, this popped up because we were talking about how the
1: bathrooms here do not have dividing walls. Correct. And you said that you had gone to R O T C Were they were seminars or camps or for a week?
2: Yeah, so it was a week. uh, So five days at Paris Island, but also, I stayed in San Diego at Camp Pendleton for a week. Uh, I was, you know, once upon a time I was in really good shape. I was the captain for a physical fitness team. You know, twenty pull-ups was a warm-up for me. Da, nice. So we competed nationally. We were fifth in the nation in JROTC, but we stayed at the barracks at Camp Pendleton. So. I I saw both, uh, I I got both uh, locations, you know, I got to experience.
1: And then, so you saw open floor plans for
2: bathrooms. Oh, yeah. So, open toilets, open showers, you know, you had no privacy whatsoever.
1: I wonder what the thinking is behind an open bathroom floor plan. I get the showers, I guess, but what's the thinking behind an open floor plan? Yeah, the shower
2: thing didn't bother me because, you know, we had the PT in the morning at school and... What we had was open showers, yeah. so it, it is what it was. You just looked straight ahead, and but uh, bathrooms, but bathrooms, but it, it, toilets. Yeah, no what's pro- the thinking there? I think it's just to teach you discipline and, you know, you, you got no privacy, you know, um, when you are in the military, you know, God forbid when you're in the Middle East no, or true. if you're stationed in uh, where, wherever you, you can don't be. don't get a cozy strip mall bathroom. Of course not. Yeah. So when you see a Dunkin' Donuts when you're serving, <laughs> you take your time in that bathroom <laughs> for 15 minutes. I, that I can guarantee you. I, I know a couple of friends I have served in, you know, they milk that time wherever they're at a location, you know, when uh, when they're serving. They take their sweet time. And
1: so you said something so insightful. You said if you lack confidence going in, you will have it coming out in terms of going to the bathroom in front of people.
2: Correct. Yes. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> because? And I was there for a week, let me tell you. You've got to learn real quick how to go to the bathroom in front of people. Absolutely. So, you know, number one's not a big <laughs> deal, but number two, you know, it took some time. Uh, as I said on the show, I-, I was waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning to do the deed, you know. Everyone was asleep. I'm like, all right, now's a good time. And then... <laughs> Do the business, wash your hands, <laughs> go back to bed, hopefully catch an hour before the drone instructor wakes you up. What do you think you would have done if you went into the, into the? I guess the Navy was your goal? The Navy and the Air Force, uh, definitely not the Marines, but of course you, you want to give it a shot. Um, I don't know what I, w- I would have been able to do. You know, I, I didn't really think that far. Um, you know, I, of course I spoke to a recruiter. I was studying uh, for the ASVAB, but I, I never made it that far, though. So... I was looking at it, but, like, I wasn't really studying. So mm. when I knew I wanted to go to college, that's where everything just stopped. So I, I didn't really think of any career moves or career jobs um, serving in the Navy.
1: When you are a part-timer such as yourself, or have been in the in the past, yeah. I should say, you've got to take some bad shifts, some overnight shifts, some early morning shifts, et cetera. You get sleep where you can. Pat was just telling us the story where he slept in Boomer's office, and that blew up right. into a whole thing.
2: Have you slept at the station before? Yes, actually, on Christmas night. I was doing the Ned Laker game, uh, producing, and then I had a quick turnaround. I had to produce um, the 6 a.m. shift before Sunday morning football. So I live in Manalapan, New Jersey, an hour away from the city. So, you know, celebrated Christmas, got here, did the game. By the time the game ended in the postgame, it was like 11.30. There's no point in me driving an hour back home, try to get three hours of sleep, and then do the other drive back. So... You know, I prepared, I packed a bag, you know, gym shorts, my toothbrush, deodorant, had a hat. And uh, I didn't sleep in Boomer's office. I don't have the guts that uh, that Pat does. (laughs) You know, um, I I have a profile, but I I like to keep it low at times. (laughs) But uh, there's a couch between Boomer's office and Craig's office that's open, and I I got a couple hours of Z's there. Okay, how is the sleep on the couch? It sucks. It sucks. (laughs) (laughs) It sucks. You know, we got Spike now, the new program director. Hopefully we can upgrade a couch or two, you know. Are you just like constantly waking up in the middle of it? It's just a very light sleep. So you get like two hours or three hours, but it's not the most upgraded couch as you can imagine. (laughs) I mean, for God's sakes, we don't even have uh, bathroom walls. (laughs) You can imagine how uncomfortable this couch is. But um, you wake up with a little stiff back here and there, but it's manageable. It It could be a lot worse. You could be sleeping on the floor.
1: You know, Jody Max sleeps around. Oh.
2: And, and this guy
1: <laughs> is up there in seniority. He shouldn't have to do things like but that. But Jody's I mean,
2: crazy. He's a nut job. You know that. He is. And I praise him. You know, I, I appreciate and respect his work ethic because not only when he's here and, you know, before COVID, he would get here, do the Saturday mornings uh, on the fan, do his evening show here. And the next thing you know, he'll be at WIP. It's I know, like, in Philly. And now he's doing like an a Eagles uh, YouTube a uh, video broadcast. It, the man doesn't stop. He doesn't. I respect that. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I agree. He doesn't need to. Uh, he doesn't need to be sleeping on that couch. No.
1: Sometimes he'll sleep sitting up in that uh, that massage chair that was in front of right. the the boss's office for a while. You never know where he's going to sleep. I'm like Jody Mac. I will never You've earned the right to go get a hotel. <laughs> you've earned the right to not have to sleep on the floor somewhere
2: around here. I will never forget. This is one of the first few months that I was here uh, working here. It was a Saturday afternoon. Uh, Jody's doing his th- thing. He did his four-hour show. Tells whoever, I'm going to go take a couple hours of sleep. Whatever. Now, on the weekends, it, it's pretty much empty. You know, it's only two or three people in the newsroom. Yeah. No one's in sales. And this one saleswoman comes in on the weekend, and I just see her open the door. She goes straight into uh, the offices. I'm thinking, oh, Jody, I hope he does, she doesn't see Jody because... <laughs> I don't know how you feel if you're... And again, this is an office. This is an somebody's office. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and you just see Jody Mack probably snoring, <laughs> drooling. You got crumbs of chips, maybe a cigarette still lighting. What are you doing? <laughs> he got kicked out. And he just went off. I'm just trying to get a couple hours of sleep. Coughing, sneezing. You know, you hear a Diet Coke burp. I, that was a cool experience. I see. guess
1: if you're only sleeping for three hours, that it doesn't make sense to go get a hotel. But
2: Jody's been in the game probably 20 years longer than I have, maybe longer. I believe he was here once uh, WFAN launch in 1987. Which I believe so. so.
1: He's earned gosh. the stripes. Yeah, that was 15 years before I started. So he's probably been in the business for 20 years longer than I have. And I felt like I've graduated to the point where I'm like, even if it's coming out of my pocket, I'm just going to get a hotel. I just, I can't sleep on a couch that's, you know, five inches, (laughs) you know, two feet too short or on a chair or on the floor. Like, I just, I can't. And, of course, it's a monetary hit because if you sleep here, it's free.
2: If you go to a a Manhattan. Again, this is New York City, I was just about to say. Yes, yeah. So it's
1: not a cheap, you know, $80 motel. But still, I just, I don't know how he could do it. Plus, you're waking up to get on the air, mm-hmm. which would be really hard to get three hours of crummy sleep and then turn on a microphone and do a, a some four type hour show. of coherent show. Yeah. So I don't know how he does it. I I mean, and I think I'm flexible sometimes, but.
2: Well, let me ask He's you this. So when you get three hours of sleep, like, of course, you go on the air at 6 o'clock in the morning. So what time are you usually trying to get to bed? You know, if there's not a big sporting event. I get five so. hours
1: of sleep a night.
2: Okay. I get,
1: I get, I sleep between 11 and 4. Okay. And I wake up at 4 and then I'm on the road and, um, you know, I mean, and and I go home and I take a nap. Yeah. I get an hour or two during the day. So... You know, but three hours sleep? I don't know how you operate on a show on three hours sleep. I don't know. And I certainly... shows
2: are longer than his than his sleep. Yeah,
1: and I certainly don't know how you operate on a show getting three
2: hours of couch sleep. That, <laughs> I, that, ain't, that ain't even real sleep. I wish I knew that Christmas night because I probably, I should have probably bleached it and get a vacuum, you know. Only God knows what's, uh, what's under that couch. <laughs> uh, you're with us Wednesday and Thursday, right? I'm with you Friday. Oh, so Friday. I will see you Thursday, though. I'll be working okay. in the newsroom. So okay, I'll Wednesday, be... Friday. Correct. Or Thursday, Friday. Thursday, Friday. Okay. Thursday, Friday. Awesome.
1: All right, man. Well, it's been a good first two days of the week. It has been. And I'm glad to have you here on the PGP. Awesome. Thank you and, for having um, me. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to make sure that we set up
2: better, <laughs> <laughs> better situations for Jody Mack and
1: try to get those walls up inside the, oh, uh, the bathroom.
2: You know, thank God we have another bathroom because it's... Uh, you now, uh, now I wonder how long those it will take for those walls to get say, complete. It's got to be after New Year's before construction comes back. They ain't doing any work. this I time. hope so, but you got to remember we work at three forty five Hudson. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, only God knows how, how long this this can take. You know, I'm thinking Valentine's Day weekend maybe potentially. You're also dealing with New York City unions as well. So, oh yeah, they'll milk their time. Yeah, how long it takes them to put up a couple of walls. <laughs> you know, it's you know, of course, like I, I work with with you and I work. I've been here for three years, but I also work construction on the side full-time. Oh, okay. So thankfully, they're very flexible. Full-time you do it? Full-time, yeah. I got the benefits. You know, of course, I would love to be here. I would rather be here. Sure. And when I got the job, thankfully, I I know somebody that um, is a family friend. He's like, listen, I I know what you do for a living. You're just here to pay the bills, yada, yada, yada. So when I work at this construction site, they just milk it. They just milk the time. And, you know, I don't mind. I I'm, <laughs> I get overtime. So I, I get time and a half. It's fine. But, man, <laughs> New York, New Jersey, unions, P-S-E-N-G, yeah, yeah. they milk it. Sunrise, sunset. But when you go to Florida, though, it's in and out. That same bridge will be under construction for seven years in oh New York. Oh, my God. <laughs> They'll never get that no. thing done. So you do construction in Jersey or in New York? In Jersey. So uh, yeah. not not too far from home. I, And the development, so it it works out well. But uh, (laughs) it's long days. It's long days. That's
1: great. All right, that is the PGP. You can always, always subscribe. Go to your favorite podcast platform, search Permission Granted. Subscribe, rate, and review. We will see you next week right here on the PGP as the Permission Granted Podcast disconnects.